How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Loud Hounds podcast. I'm Bobby McInnes alongside Thomas Spallone, and we're back on camera, and I'm very excited to be talking about college basketball today. Tom, how's it going? I'm doing well. I'm excited for another week. Yeah, a lot going on right now in college basketball. A nice slate tonight of games. Who, who are you liking tonight? I mean, you're going to disagree with me on this one, but I like Penn State over Purdue. Penn State comes in as the 13th seed with the updated top 25 rankings, although, like you were saying, Purdue plays amazing at home. So Yeah, Purdue's home record this season has been really good. I'm pretty sure they're, they have about one loss. Uh, the, last week they played Iowa, who has been pretty good this season, and they totally blew them out. So, yeah, Purdue's tough to root against at home, but I think that's going to be a competitive game. Penn State moving up in the rankings uh, ever since they got put back in a few weeks ago and they've been on a tear so yeah no well said and uh purdue they completely shut down iowa's luca garza who's i think one of the best uh bigs in college basketball this year and there you have a tough matchup though in penn state who's been really rolling uh like i mentioned the 13th seed they keep climbing up in the rankings uh and this is a team though that's we're a little unfamiliar with penn state i feel like because they're not always one of those top tier teams like the kentuckys or the north carolinas the dukes you know what i'm saying so um i don't know it definitely i could see it going either way the spread is five and a half i believe so uh, the experts uh favor purdue in this one but i don't know it's definitely going to be a good matchup. It should be. And we have a little bit of a shakeup in um, the top 25, the new rankings coming out Monday. One of the big things we saw was uh, the fact that Marquette got went from unranked to I think they're about 18 right now. Yeah. Which I kind of disagree with that. I mean, I really like Marquette this year. I think that the Big East is very competitive. They have Marcus Howard, who's one of the best guards in all of college basketball right now. Uh, he's coming back off of that injury. We saw, saw him wearing a mask. He's good to go, still hitting three balls. And uh, like I said, a very dynamic player, but I don't think that they're deserving of an 18 seed. They weren't even ranked last week, and now they jump ahead of teams like Houston, uh, Iowa, Illinois. And I just... I'm sorry, I just think that that was a little too high for, for a team that was unranked as of a week ago. Yeah, I could definitely see that being uh, a big jump because going from unranked to just jumping seven slots like that is a lot. Um, I think they're a little bit of an inconsistent team because they've won a few big games this season, but they've also not shown up for a few, um, which has been like a lot of top 25 teams this season, just inconsistent basketball. So we'll see how they, how they go on their way this next few weeks. But um, big news also, Michigan State, who I think was number one in the preseason rankings, uh, dropped out of the top 25 this uh, this past week. Yeah, I was a little surprised to see that. I mean, Michigan State, they've been struggling as of late. They dropped three in a row. Um, I believe they play tonight, um, and they're going to try to you know, uh, break that win, uh, losing streak, excuse me. But like you said, they dropped out of the top 25, and that's very embarrassing, I got to say, for Coach Izzo. And something that I didn't really expect, you have Cassius Winston um, and Tillman, who they're very re- rely, uh, reliant on. Um, but you can just see that this team has been struggling, and if they can't figure it out, it's going to really hurt them come March. Yeah, definitely. They got a lot of experience on that roster, and I really expected them to to be a lot better this year. But the the record sitting at sixteen and eight is nothing to be nothing to be happy about. But they got to pick it up now, come tournament time. Yeah, I believe it was either last week or the week before. I mentioned how much I love Auburn, and they've really um, been proving that st- statement to be true. They're 
unstoppable right now. Um, their Coach Pearl has been phenomenal with this team, led by Samir Doughty and McCormick, the two guards. Uh, this team is rolling, and I really don't see anyone beating them. Yeah, um, looking at the rankings right now, having them at 11 really looks kind of low for them because I can really see them being in the top 10. Um, they're, they're sitting at 21-2, and two, which is a great record and better than most of the teams that are actually in the top 10. Uh, their, their game on Saturday was tremendous coming back against LSU. They were down, I think they were down like 12 points with about five minutes left, and they really picked it up down the stretch, and they came through and won the game in OT uh, on a buzzer, basically a buzzer beater uh, by, was it McCormick or Dowdy, one of the two, but the, they're tremendous players, and yeah, I can see them causing a lot of havoc in the tournament. Yeah, that was um, the buzzer beater was by Javon McCormick, you're right. I'm looking ahead now at a team here, San Diego State. They're undefeated, the only undefeated team left in college basketball, but yet they're still four seed. That hasn't changed for, I believe, the last three or four weeks now. The teams ahead of them are Baylor, Gonzaga, and Kansas, obviously playing much higher caliber basketball. They're playing better teams, which is totally understandable. Baylor has one loss, Gonzaga one loss, but Kansas has three losses, and we've seen them now, I believe it was back-to-back games. They were in a close game with Texas Tech, almost lost. I believe they ended up winning by three. And I feel like this Kansas team, very phenomenal, but I think that they're um, a little higher than they should be. I believe that that could be flip-flopped and San Diego State is deserving of a top three uh, uh, spot. Yeah, they definitely could be because this team has been playing really well. I know their competition, obviously being in a weaker conference, um, has something to do with it, but I really want to see this team come when the tournament comes around because uh, Gonzaga is similar. They don't play the the kind of schedule that some of these bigger uh, conference schools do, so it'll be interesting to see what they got. I hope they can prove us all wrong and and make a run in the tourney and and show how good they actually are. Yeah, Tom, I want to talk about last week we had a Stunner in the Duke North Carolina game. That's a rivalry that dates back so many years, um, and it's always competitive. And this one was really one for the ages, and one that's going to be remembered for a very long time. Went into overtime, and I mean, the amount of uh, crazy plays that happened towards the end is just insane. Uh, Trey Jones, the point guard for the Duke Blue Devils, showed the type of player he is in the clutch and hit, I believe, the buzzer beater to send it into overtime. And then um, in overtime, he hit the game-winning shot. So Yeah, it was that game was unreal. I was watching it. I really thought that UNC was in control, and I didn't think it was possible for UNC to come out like they did and win the game because they've been playing terrible this whole season. But uh, Cole Anthony had had a great game for North Carolina and and they came out hot against Duke and I honestly thought they'd hold the lead but come the last f- three or four minutes Duke decided to pick it up and they really cut the deficit down and that, that play before regulation ended by Trey Jones I just couldn't believe uh, any uh, foul shooter throwing the ball off the front of the rim getting their own rebound and then shooting a double clutch like shot like, like he did smothered by defenders it was an amazing shot to send it to overtime and then Duke just took control of the game after that with all their momentum and, and just won a huge game for them because they they want to stay competitive in that ACC with Florida State. Yeah, I mean, if you're Duke, you couldn't have drawn that up any better. Trey Jones, he hits the first foul shot when you're down by three to cut it to two, and then he intentionally throws it off the rim because you can't throw it off the backboard or else it's a violation. So he hits the rim, and it perfectly tips back out to him, and he makes a guy miss. I thought it was a reaching foul. I was yelling at the TV. I was like, come on, call the reaching foul. But uh, he ends up hitting a crazy shot um, draped by the defenders, 
to send it into overtime. I mean, what a play. Yeah, it was typical Duke fashion winning a crazy game like that. And you mentioned Cole Anthony coming back and how big that was for the UNC Tar Heels. They played tonight against Wake Forest. How do you see that game turning out? They won't be home. They'll be on the road. Um, so does Cole Anthony give them that spark and maybe UNC can start to get back to 500? I mean, they're 10-13, and 13 and for as long as I've been around, um, this is the worst that I've ever seen them do. Yeah, I like them tonight because um, Wake Forest isn't a great, isn't a great team, but uh, it should be a closer game. North Carolina hopefully can bring some momentum. I know it's tough after a loss like that to come back, but I think that they, Cole Anthony could definitely carry this team to a win tonight, and I really don't see this team making obviously making the tournament with a 10-13 record, but if they can get hot during the ACC tournament, maybe they can make some noise, but right now it's just it's tough for the program after a year like this. Yeah, and, all right, so another game I believe I mentioned it earlier, Michigan State is taking on Illinois in Illinois. Both teams on losing streaks. Michigan State has lost their last three in a row, and Illinois has lost their last two. So, Tom, I want to know what your thoughts are on this game. Uh, we have Illinois coming in at a 16-7 and record. They're 8-4 and in the Big Ten Conference, and Michigan State, similarly, 16-8, and 8-5 in the Big Ten Conference. So it looks like a very fair matchup um, on, on the stat sheet here, but not everything on paper goes you know hand in hand with how it is in the game so what are your thoughts yeah um yeah both teams are coming in cold uh, i do however like illinois they're i'm pretty sure they're underdogs but i do like them at home um michigan state's just really struggling right now can't find their game but uh illinois has shown me a lot this year um they've been playing really well in the big 10 this is their uh, one of their best years by far uh, as a program and their guard play has just been really good with trent frazier at, at the point guard position he's been carrying them pretty well, and their big man Cockburn has been a body for them underneath, and he uh, he played well against Iowa, against Luca Garza, who's another great Big Ten uh, center, and I think this team can definitely make some noise come tournament time, um, but I, th I think they take care of business tonight against Michigan State. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a good matchup. Um, I also see LSU is taking uh, on Missouri uh, later tonight. That's a must-win game for LSU because they just dropped their last two, and um, like, I, like we mentioned, they dropped down to 25th and barely hanging in there in the top 25, and this is a team who they don't play the best competition you know, week in and week out, so it's going to really hurt them in um, the tournament in March if they can't figure out things now and get back to winning. Yeah, LSU, um, they, they're having a good season in conference play. I think their loss to Auburn on Saturday was only their second loss in the SEC, which is big for them. But, yeah, SEC not really that strong this year. It's still been pretty good. Obviously, Kentucky's good, but not as good as we're used to seeing them. And Auburn, obviously, is playing good basketball. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how LSU does come tournament time because this team, they're not great at shooting, but they, they, they get physical, and their point guard, uh, uh, Waters, can drive it and make a few buckets yeah well said so now I want to just kind of break it down um, conference by conference here we were talking earlier we think I think it was last week actually you said that you think that the Big East and the Big Ten by far the best conferences and most competitive this season uh, and I'm in agreement with that because you see here I'm looking at the Big East conference there's five teams in the top 20 and uh, that's that doesn't happen every year for the Big East I mean it's always competitive but usually it's just maybe Villanova who's ranked or occasionally you know you get the Xavier's or Butler hopping into the top 25 but this year very competitive um, pretty much throughout the entire uh, conference yeah I, I 
uh, in terms of depth, I like um, the Big Ten and the Big East conferences because they have a lot of ranked teams in them. But you also can look at the ACC. That uh, you see the top three teams: Louisville, Duke, and Florida State. But then after those three, it's a big drop off. But yeah, as you were saying, the Big East. It's really impressed me this year to see a team like Seton Hall being from Jersey. It's exciting. They're playing great basketball. Just just got a big win on Saturday over Villanova on the road. And uh, Villanova, speaking of Villanova, has been cold of late, but they're putting together another pretty good year. Wright's having a, a great decade of coaching for that team. Uh, and then Marquette, Butler, and Creighton, they're all competitive. So, yeah, I, I really like that conference. Xavier, too, should get into the to the tournament. So, yeah, Big Big East is it's pretty, it's the real deal this year. Yeah, and you mentioned Jersey basketball, and, you know, both of us being from New Jersey, it's exciting to have Seton Hall doing so good. And I'm not going to say we're used to that, but Seton Hall is probably the most consistent basketball school in the state of New Jersey. However, this year we have Rutgers came out of nowhere um, playing amazing and also Princeton in the Ivy League. You know, right now they're um, second in the Ivy League right behind Yale. Yeah. And uh, just overall great year for Jersey basketball. It is, yeah. To talk about Rutgers for a little bit, um, they had a huge win on a Saturday or Sunday, I think it was, against uh, Northwestern. And Northwestern has been really bad this season, but everyone thought that it was going to be an easy win for them. But Rutgers really did struggle, but uh, credit to them for pulling it out. I think they were down 15 with a few minutes left, and they really just went on a huge run. Geo Baker's phenomenal guard uh, hit clutch shot after clutch shot, and they ended up pulling it out in overtime, and they stay undefeated, I believe, 16-0 and at the at the Rutgers Athletic Center. So uh, great news for them, and they just, they've just been on a tear this year. Yeah, you mentioned how good they've been at the rack, the so-called... Uh at the, I believe it's um, Rid- Rutgers Athletic Center? Ridley yeah, Athletic? Ridley or Rutgers. Rid- Ridley. Yeah, yeah so um, the rack, so-called, um, they've played so good, except I've seen them struggle against teams that they should have blown out. Like you mentioned, this past game that they had against Northwestern, they only won by four points, and that really should have been a blowout game. Again, earlier in the season against Nebraska, they only won by, I believe, three points. Um, I just looked here. So I... I, I see a little bit of uh, inconsistency there, although, like you did say, they are undefeated. Um, but this is a team that, you know, when it comes to March, I don't think that they're going to last long at all in the tournament. Probably, yeah, probably not. So moving on, we could talk about um, if you want to stay with the the tournament here. Um, I know it's still a little bit early, but coming up in March is, you know, right around the corner. We could talk a little bit about some dogs um, that we think can make a spark in the tournament. So looking at Bracketology uh, by Joe Lenardi, some teams that I that we talked a little bit before the show about that we were a little surprised that were, you know, really low, and actually he has them as their his first four hour, Cincinnati, Minnesota, and Mississippi State. And those are three teams that have been playing very competitive basketball. Um, most of their games are televised, so we've had the pleasure to watch them. And I think that they definitely deserve a spot in the tournament. I was very shocked to see that those three teams uh, were in the first four hours. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, Lenardi does a good job with this this bracket, but yeah, I was a little suspect on hearing that. Um, and he had Xavier, I think, on the bubble too, but I think that they should be a lock. I mean, they're, they're not ranked, but they've been playing real good basketball in the uh, in the Big East this year. But uh, and I also see here that the Big Ten he has 11 teams in, which is a lot of teams for one conference to have in in the tournament. But we all know it, things shake up in NCAA basketball week in and week out, so this could be totally different next Monday or next Tuesday when we look at it. 
But it is interesting to look at this because we know March is around the corner and the tournament's coming up. Yeah, you're right. And I'm looking here, you, you know, we were just praising Purdue so much at the <coughs> beginning of our show. And Joe Lenardi has them as a 10 seed in the West bracket. And I think that that's a team that can definitely make a spark and go on a run uh, right here. You know, if this were to be the real bracket, they have a very favorable matchup against BYU and then would go on to play the winner of Dayton versus UC Irvine. And I mean, Dayton's playing amazing this year, but let's not forget it's Dayton. And Purdue has much more tournament experience than Dayton does. And I think that Purdue could actually really make a spark if, you know, if this is their placement in the tournament. Yeah, I think Purdue definitely can. I'm just a little worried about how they do play on on the road and neutral-sided games because we know their home record is so good, but come tournament time, all the games are neutral-sided. So I don't know how the, they're going to deal with that. But yeah, if they can definitely get in, they can definitely make a splash in the tourney. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. And right now, all the one seeds are pretty much, um, as we were saying earlier, the teams that you would expect, Gonzaga, Baylor, Kansas, and San Diego State. Do you see any of those dropping out? Is there any teams that can maybe make a, a case for number one seed that we don't see right now? I really don't see Baylor dropping out. I mean, this team has played real good basketball this season. They're one of the few teams I've seen not get upset uh, so far this season. But um, I could see possibly Kansas dropping out if they they got to play Baylor again this year. That should be a good matchup. But uh, Kansas can play inconsistent at times. But I don't see Gonzaga or San Diego State dropping out of the one seeds because the, the competition that they're playing right now, they should be able to walk straight into the tournament as one seeds. Um, that's that's my take on that. Duke, maybe we could possibly see if they go on, on a big run. They maybe could get that one seed. But right now, I think the two is basically their, their common ground for them. Yeah, well said. And um, just our last part before we close out the show today, I want to talk a little bit about the games tomorrow. We talked about the Big Ten games and the matchups that we have today. However, the Big East plays tomorrow, and there's some really exciting games just looking ahead. Uh, num- ranked 23, Creighton is going to be taking on the 10 seed, Seton Hall. And at Seton Hall, I think that that's got to be a lock for Seton Hall, and that's a must-win game for them as well. It is, yeah. Creighton's played some decent basketball. They went on the road and beat uh, Villanova about a week ago. But um, Seton Hall, I do like, especially at home. Uh, Powell's been playing great. Um, They're just playing great basketball right now. And uh, I, I do like Seton Hall in that matchup. West Virginia has been playing very well, as, um, just like you mentioned, Seton Hall. And they have a home game. They're going to be hosting Kansas. Um, Tom, is there any way that they get the upset there in the Big, to- uh, Big 12 matchup? That, yeah, that can turn out to be a very interesting game. Um, I mean, any time in the Big 12, any team can win at any point, as I always say. Um, the, both those teams play very consistently. Um, Kansas usually sometimes t- has a tendency to play down to their competition. So I can definitely see West Virginia being at home, um, going, going on a run and maybe winning that game. That can, that can turn out to be a big upset. And just the last game that I want to look at now is Marquette is going to be taking on Villanova at Villanova. And that's a really exciting game because both teams are 17-6, and 7-4 and four in the Big East Conference. Um, it's a must-win game for both teams. How do you see that one playing out? It's a must, yeah, it is a must-win game for both teams, but I think Nova really needs to, to step up and win this game because they're on a bad losing streak right now, and if they still want to have a shot at winning this Big East, they really need to get hot. And uh, I do like Villanova in that one, but definitely don't sleep on Marquette and uh, Marcus Howard. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Villanova, they've been very cold lately. They lost their last three games, two of which were at home, and I thought Villanova was a team in the beginning of the season where I said, you know what, they're, they're playing pretty good at home, um, but now I can't. 
I don't I don't feel comfortable saying that same statement. And Marquette's yeah. a team, like I mentioned earlier, led by Marcus Howard, a very good player um, who could just take over games. I I, I kind of give the edge to Marquette in this one. It's interesting upset. Yeah, I could definitely see it happen. All right. Well, that just about does it. I mean, this is kind of like my least favorite time of the year as far as sports. Um, we just wrapped up the NFL season. We're in the baseball offseason still. NBA is almost at the all-star break. Um, NHL, same situation. College basketball is just starting to heat up. So it's kind of like that dead area. But, you know, we'll stick. We'll, we'll grind through it. And uh, as sports fans, we'll just keep looking forward to the upcoming seasons. But like I said, that uh, does it for today today and this was the 13th episode i'm bobby mcginnis alongside thomas spalone shout out to great Com studios and we'll see you next week